Welcome to tonight's special event at the Apple Store Regent Street in London. Please welcome guest moderator, creative director and fashion commentator, Kinvara Balfour. Hello, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you all for coming. Hello. Hello at the back. I hope you can hear me. Um, I am here to interview Anya Hindmarch. Um, I'm very excited to be interviewing Anya. She is, in my opinion, a national treasure. What she's done for the British fashion industry um, is really, really remarkable. She's also an incredibly lovely person. Um, she began designing handbags in 1987 and has since built a very British empire. She, uh, she has 58 stores in 40 countries with over 150 employees, and she also has five children. We're going to watch a little bit about her latest project, which is the opening of her New York store, and then we'll bring her onto the stage and we can welcome her then. I'm Anya Heimarch and I'm here in my new Madison store which we just opened today so it's a big day for us actually and so nice to have a store where we've actually combined our bespoke concept here upstairs with our mainline concept and that's very much a first for us, the first time we've done that anywhere in the world. So today we've, we've just had a, a invited press and uh, selected people in New York to come and have a personal tour and I think because the store here is, is all about personalization and so it was the idea of doing something that was quite quite low-key uh, and just explaining to people what we do and we've had an amazing reaction actually and uh, a really exciting day. In combining both mainline and bespoke, we have come up with a new shop fit which really incorporates the, the kind of heart of the store, if you like, which is the workshop. And it's interesting, I think, to connect people back to, to the craftsmanship. I think people actually have lost touch um, with actually how things are made. And, and, and luxury, which is such an overused word, actually is so much about the craftsman, about the craftsmanship, and about making things specially for you. So bespoke store is all about actually making a personalized product. It's a very personal experience. You can actually have a message embossed in your own handwriting, anything you can draw, we can emboss, any language we can write in. So it's all about something you make, which actually almost seals a moment in time, makes a memory. So I really wanted to try and make an environment where it was more like an atelier, so it's not a kind of clean, slick showroom, but it actually has life to it. And I find that often uh, when I show people our stores or our workshops or our design studios, the bits that people love are the bits where uh, the work's happening where there's the swatches and the materials and the samples and the tassels and, and, and so therefore I thought rather than having a really sort of slick, clean, sterilised um, shop, I actually wanted to, to have that kind of a telly, that sense of the, the design studio and the workshop in the store. I always think windows are so exciting to design from my point of view because they're almost like they're the eyes into your world, you know, people can read you through your windows and so we've designed this really lovely, it's almost like a, an animal workshop where the animals are actually making the handbags and so there's a lot of taxidermy and found pieces where the mice are stitching and the, the squirrels are, are busy bustling and, and, and it's just a rather sweet, we've had so many people stop and take, take pictures of the windows so um, I love designing windows, they're great fun.
Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome to the stage Anya Hindmarch. Fantastic. That was fantastic. Congratulations on your store opening. Thank you. Um, I want to start with a little quote that I got from your very good friend, Kate Reardon, who's editor of Tatler and knows Anya very, very well. And I said, could you just tell me a little quote for Anya um, to read out? So this is what she said. I dread to think. Anya has a husband. She has five children. She's built a kick-ass, world-beating business in one of the toughest industries through extraordinarily difficult economic times. And yet, she isn't a cow. <laughs> I think that <laughs> anyone who knows Anya would agree with that. She is one of the nicest, most dynamic, and incredibly creative people. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about how you began. From what we've just seen, 1987, you designed your first handbag, which I actually saw the, the advert that you put in, uh, that you designed for Harper's and Queen. The first handbag was advertised, deeply spacious leather bucket handbag, hyphen, a dash of Italian seasoning. <laughs> Thanks, so let's Kimbara, talk that. about that, your first ever bag to where you are now. What was that? Well, I um, was given a handbag by my mother when I was 16. It was one of her old handbags. And I remember how it made me feel. And the funny thing about um, handbags and accessories, I think, are how they're kind of very mood-altering. Um, and that fascinated me, actually. I was also fascinated by the craftsmanship. And for me, um, there's not enough talk of, of craftsmanship. There's too much talk of celebrity and fashion and seasons. But actually, the craftsmen are really brilliant people who, who you know, train for years and make amazing things. Um, so I left school and I went out to Florence um, because I, I really wanted to go and explore the world of, of leather. And Florence was very much the, the home of, of, of leather. And I spent some time there and I saw a bag that I thought would sell very well in the UK. So I um, found a factory, which was quite difficult because I was only 18 and I didn't speak much Italian. Um, and I had to kind of get the yellow pages and the pagine gialle and to uh, find various factories. And some of them were slightly dodgy, weird types, the wrong reasons. Finally found a factory that um, would make some samples. And I had some samples made and I took them back to London. And I knew someone's stepmother, who uh, was sort of a friend of a friend of a friend, uh, who worked in the office department of Harper's and Queen, as it was then. And so I took my samples and um, I received an order and we ran the offer and we sold 500 handbags. And I just thought, well, this is what I want to do. So that was the beginning, really. That was the beginning. The Italian seasoning has <laughs> stayed throughout. You, st you still use the craftsmen in Italy, aren't you? Absolutely. Yes, we do. Yeah. And so from there, you, you, st you opened your first store on Walton Street. Yep. where you started a huge empire. I, I want to talk a little bit about those first few days. Your customers, you had Princess Diana, all sorts of high-profile people. Were you extremely, extremely busy at the time, or were you... Um, figuring out what you were doing, or did you know I from the I think I'm still start? figuring out what I'm doing in some <laughs> respects. Um, I think that um, when I first started, actually, I started with a wholesale business, so I couldn't afford a shop at first. So I started by selling two shops, and um, I remember getting orders from um, from stores in, in London, and I used to literally go with my suitcase full of, of handbags and show them to the buyers. And then I worked out you had to have two collections a year, and then um, I found there were various buying agencies and houses in, in London, and... Um, I used to get, I managed to get some orders from both of Goodman and Barney's and Saks Fifth Avenue and from the States. Um, and really that was how it began. It was an easier way to begin than, than actually having a shop and the kind of overheads and the, the, the expense of a shop, which I couldn't afford then. And then after a while, I decided it was time to open a store. And I opened a store that was actually a first floor store because it was sort of less frightening in terms of rent, um, which was on Walton Street. And um, 
And we really had everyone up through those, um, up that little staircase. Um, it was an amazing time in London, very sort of fertile for design and for fashion. Um, and it was um, exciting in a way, because it was like an little atelier. And so we would get all sorts of you know, models and fashion types and, and royalty. Princess Diana, as you said, used to come up a lot and we used to make her things um, that would match her outfits. She used to have a bag that um, she called the cleavage bag, because when she got out of the the, uh, the cars, she'd use it to, to shield her cleavage in a very um, delicate way. Um, so it was a great start. I think if you have a store, you actually get to meet your customers. And so prior to that, I'd actually only been seeing um, the, uh, the wholesale buyers. And actually, when you meet real customers, you're actually hearing what they want, what works. So it's great feedback. It's actually really useful as a designer. As a designer, when you have someone like Princess Diana wearing your product, what does it feel like? Is it something that you... Is it really very, very special, or is it the same as everybody else in terms of your customer is your customer, it's irrelevant whether they're a celebrity or royalty, or is it actually extremely exciting? When you're in Britain, and the royal family wear your product. It's, oh, of course, it's super exciting. It but actually, the thing that still excites me as much as, as someone obviously famous, which is you know, a great honor, um, is actually when you, you hand something to someone you've made specially for them, and you know it's going to really excite them. And it doesn't matter who that is. Um, it's actually about the excitement of having made something lovely and giving it to them and watching their, their face. That's, that's more exciting than who. Which is a lot of what all your stores are about, in fact, mm. about creating something that's beyond a product, as you say, and mm. something that's to do with memory, I went into your bespoke store and I was just so overwhelmed with the good intention of what that's about, that you can buy a product, have something made, and then have your own mark stamped on it, something that's kept forever, that family heirlooms. Is that something, that's something very important to you? We're going to watch a clip in a second about your bespoke store, but can you just talk a little bit about why that is so important to you? Well, we've always had, since that first store on Walton Street, we've always had a service where you can come in and have things altered or made or monogram. And something, for me, is exciting because... Um, I love things that are personalized. I think that when things are actually specially made for you or they have a, a little joke or something that's particularly relevant or pertinent, it's much, much more exciting. There's so much waste in fashion um, of people buying a new bag and then somehow a year later it feels out of date. And um, it's rather lovely to have something made that is a forever thing, something that you hopefully hand down to your grandchildren. Um, and that excites me. I also like the, the sort of personal nature of writing something funny or a little bit rude or something a bit secret because I think luxury is actually about stories. Um, and there's not enough made of that. I mean, luxury was started with having things made especially for you. And I always talk about the, the fact that my husband has a trunk and it was his grandfather's trunk and it was, it's particularly wide. And I remember someone saying, why is it so wide? And the answer was because he had very big feet and so the trunk was made to fit his shoes in. And um, that has a story, therefore. That's something that when you hand it down to your grandchildren, it has some funny little personal story. And I think that, for me, that's what luxury is, actually. And I think that... Um, in addition to that, people have become very removed from the process of how things are made. Um, and so often you go into these big glamorous stores and there's no sense of how it got there, you know, the amazing steps that go towards making that beautiful thing. And so um, I felt it was important to reconnect people to how things are made. So we have, in our bespoke stores, we have the craftsmen working in the store. And it's a sort of messy environment. It's like a workshop. It felt um, like that when I went <laughs> in to, see, to have a chat with them. We quite Such like messy. lovely gentlemen. Well, we like, we like warm and we like messy. And we like the fact that you can see how things are made. And, and you really appreciate it. And you can be involved in it. And I think that's something that's um, a bit unusual, a bit special. It felt like a family to me. And you obviously found very family-minded. But when I walked in... 
anytime I've ever been invited to some of your shows and your events, it's felt like a family. There's a real sense of family values. Everybody knows the brand that they're working for and they absolutely want to be there and you know, work for you. So well, we always refer to the company as a, as a family, actually. And, um, and I think that's a nice way to look at it, because I like to think that there is that sense of, of belonging and, and commitment. But um, I think having the craftsman is, is a really special thing. I think the other thing that's important about Bespoke for me is that every product that you um, have made comes with your name embossed on the product. So it's actually not about the designer, it's about the person it's made for. In the way that, you know, a suit and a, and a jacket, you would have had the name inside in the olden days. And um, also the box, so you might have this beautiful thing made for you and it's got your name on it and the box that it comes in also has your name embossed on it so it sort of just makes it a very exciting thing to receive and you can have a lot of fun with it I made my my son a wallet recently and it's a wallet that has two tabs and on one tab I embossed to save and the other tab I embossed to drink because he's 18 and I figured that we could allow that much for beer and then you can handwrite a message on it and you can say you know don't lose this love your mum or whatever but it, it, it means it's more than so the value is more than the sum of the parts in a way yeah well, we'll stay, take a little break now and have a look at your bespoke video, a little bit more about your service. I've always been fascinated by craftsmanship. I mean, that's the thing that is my starting point. The dream I always had was to actually have the craftsman in the store, to connect people back to the craftsmanship. If something is made specially for you, it just is worth more than the sum of the parts. Bespoke is the antithesis of fashion. It might be a child's handwriting, it might be a message from a loved one. It's very much about their name, the person it's made for, not mine. It's about things that you hold dear to you and, and take with you when you travel because it has that special memory. Fantastic. Um, leading on from that, I just want to talk very quickly and then we'll open up for some questions. Um, I don't know if everyone's aware, but Anya is one of the only accessories designers in the world who now has catwalk shows on the London Fashion Week schedule. Someone who's taken a product that was never regarded before as catwalk worthy in some way. And for the last four or five seasons has held some of the most amazing catwalk shows you've ever seen, which are actually now, thank goodness for the internet, because before it was only journalists and buyers and press who could see these shows. Thank goodness now for the internet that everybody can see them. Take me through, your, 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 your creativity knows no bounds. Take me through the last one you just did, which was called Out of This World, which featured models coming down the catwalk with amazing handbags in their hand, and then some trapeze artists, would we call them? <laughs> catching handbags out of the sky that came down on wires. It was, there, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. It was more <laughs> theatre and opera than it was a fashion show. Just take me through how you've got to that stage and what, how you, what, what gives you your inspiration. Well, I think it's really important to do a show to show the creativity of the brand in a way. And I think that um, what's exciting about a show is it shows the context, if you like, of the collection. And it shows, to a certain extent, what's been going on inside my head for the last six months, which is quite worrying, really, when you look at the show. Um, but the collection was inspired by weightlessness. So we found this amazing new technique where you'd actually bond um, a type of PU to leather. So it's a wonderful kind of mixture of really high-tech and modern to something really kind of old-fashioned. And what that does in turn is it makes the bag very, very lightweight. So you don't need to have two layers, um, the bag, the leather, and the lining. You can just have one layer. So, and I love lightweight bags. So the collection was very much inspired by weightlessness. And we thought it'd be quite fun to do a show that really... Um, sort of conveyed that. And we had this idea, because the season before, we'd done another mad show where we had 60,000 dominoes set yes. up. <laughs> yes. So people came, yes. Was, yes. They came with an expectation of a sort of a crazy show. So we thought we should do a bit of a prank, which is that we should do a show that actually is really quite ordinary and quite sort of boring for a bit. Um, so we had... Um, 
a runway, which is the first time we've used models, as you said, and we did just a really quite a straightforward runway show for the first sort of minute. And I think people were thinking, what's going on? This is very odd. And then what happened is the space morphed into a sort of planetarium. So um, these sort of spherical lights actually morphed and moved and became planets and the whole area became infinity in the sense that stars and it became very dark and everything closed. And then slowly bags kept arriving from the ceiling. And we had this very interesting idea. It's a kinetic sculpture, which is the idea of um, bags hanging on lots of different wires. And they actually all, they can work kinetically so they can move with a sort of, with a pattern, with a sort of behavior. Um, and so the bags started kind of coming from the ceiling, beautifully lit and sort of seemed almost as though they were floating. And then all the bags would come together and then they'd all move in, in a sort of unison so we had a lot of fun playing with that weightless nature of the bags flying. Um, and then um, at the very end, the bags all fell down and they were hanging just on the stage. And then finally the models walked in and they then in turn became weightless. And so the whole show happened above your head, <laughs> essentially. It was amazing. <laughs> and I didn't even drink amazing. that much. <laughs> it was, I've been to a lot of plays in my time. It was one of the most gripping pieces of theatre I've ever seen. So congratulations <laughs> to you. you. Thank you. It's a, huge, it's a huge thing to have a catwalk show like that as an accessories designer, I think mm. you've actually made history in really doing that, and long may it continue for other brands. I think it's really important that they get a chance to present their product in such a way, budget permitting, obviously. Mm. But I think that you've, you've really, you've paved a way for a lot of other people who would like to do something similar and never really had the confidence. Well, it's a funny one with accessories, and I think that you have to be um, aware that it's not a whole collection that we're showing, but it's a great way to, to communicate what we're doing. And then it's quite fun in turn to take that into our stores um, and also, of course, via the internet, which is amazing, so that, you know, for the first time, as you said, um, we can actually show that, that film. It's on our website now, and you can have a look, and it's Watch quite it. fun. It's amazing. <laughs> Watch it. And, um, and it just gets people involved in the brand, and, and people understand them more about the brand and what we stand for, really, which is that real sort of end-to-end -end of the craftsmanship and the passion for personalised things, but also there has to be that sense of humour. Yeah. Um, that's very important to me. It's quite British, probably, in its spirit. Yeah, the British humour, long may that live in your, in your brand. It's just one of the things I love most. I'm going to open up now for some questions to the audience. If anyone has a question, raise your hand. Someone will come to you with a microphone. Well, first of all, uh, it's a pleasure to be here and see Could you directly. A little louder. <laughs> yes. Thank you. So my name is Sandra, and I would like to know um, uh, what about uh, the business development of your brand in Latin America? I know uh, that you have direct presence in uh, many uh, regions like Europe, North America, and Asia, but what about uh, Latin America? Well, I would love to do lots in Latin America. And we do sell to stores there at the moment. Um, but as you grow the brand, inevitably, you have to kind of focus and chip off bits of the world at a time because they obviously take an awful lot of investment and structure and planning. Um, so we've done an awful lot in the UK. And we've done lots in the Far East and various different territories there. And we're just doing more in the Middle East at the moment and quite a lot in the States. But next on our list, we'll be heading in your direction because I'd love to come over there, mainly because I'd also love to visit more often. So <laughs> purely selfish reasons. But it's a very important market. Um, so it's very much on our, on our plan. Great. Okay, good. We'll look out for that. Next question, anyone? Hi. As we're here in Apple, um, it seems appropriate to ask how you're embracing digital commerce. Very good question. Um, so we actually, we've just launched a completely new website, actually, just a, um, a, a sort of month or two ago. And it's interesting for us that, um, and for everyone, I mean, the digital world is the most important thing now. And in terms of communicating your brand, it's sort of second to none. What's exciting for me is that I can talk about a collection 
I can talk about the show as I've just done, but I'm talking to a small group of people. But I can then actually film that and put it and speak to millions of people. So it's a, it's a very it's a very effective way effective way of, of talking um, to a lot of people and, and getting a very personal message out there. So it's a great communications tool. It's also a fantastic sales tool as well. And in fact, our website, um, which was um, probably about five years old before we replaced it, um, needed replacing because it's moved on so much. It's interesting how even a, a website that's two years old is actually quite old these days. Everything is moving and changing and morphing. And so you really have to be up to date and keep all the, um, the technical side of the, the, the website you know, on track. And it's uh, exciting to see how effective it can be. I mean, our, our web is probably our first or second store in terms of um, our biggest um, selling store. So it's a hugely important and effective tool. And then, of course, there's all the social media and all the other aspects that, um, that work in hand in hand with the sort of digital world. So it's very exciting and an area that we, we invest in a lot and, and, and love and, and embrace. And also, I was going to say, with your beer bag project, one of the most mm globally famous things that you did, which was when you, you were one of the first people to screen print photography onto fabric, which has had a huge impact mm. in fashion and in everything afterwards. You were one mm. of the first people to use technology mm. to do that, weren't you? Yeah, we were. That was an idea that um, in, before digital screen printing happened, you would have to make um, screens, literally screens, and they were very expensive. So um, therefore, you wouldn't be able to do um, a set of screens for one image. It would be too expensive. So uh, it was prohibitive. And now um, they then introduced this idea of digital printing onto fabric. And I saw this and thought it was quite exciting. And we, we started doing it in, in our collection where we printed um, old vintage images. And um, that in turn led to a, actually a charitable project that we did where you could actually bring your own photograph, uh, which we still do actually, and um, print. Um, onto the bags. We also do in the bespoke store really beautiful boxes where all the drawers, the lining of the drawers, you can print photographs onto the lining. And so there's lots of fun ways to play with it. And it's really changed the way designers can work, actually. It just gives you another sort of pair of hands to play with. It's a whole new tool. I remember it being one, of, I think it was one of the most, more celebrities got on board for that project and mm. more, and and more non-celebrities, should we call them, were able to also <laughs> partake in that project mm. and it was something for everybody and it was mm. so clever mm. and it was for the Lavender Trust wasn't it? We did it for Lavender Trust we also then it went actually onto another 30 um, breast cancer charities so it was a really great project from that point Amazing. of view um, and, and exhausting and, and fantastic and it's nice actually also then to bring it back into the main collection as we've done and, and use it in different areas but that's where that's exciting when technology and and design really link together mm. um, there's so much to play with and and whether it's you know bonding leather to different types of PU to get the incredible sort of weightlessness or whether it's digital printing it's fun to play with those those new developments yeah thank you do we have any more questions we have time for a couple more gentlemen just at the back thank you do you have a favorite handbag or product that you've made it's like asking me to choose a favorite child it's really hard um pretty much it's always the one i'm working on at the moment actually probably um so I sort of get really into what I'm doing, which is very hard, actually, because it's always the one that's sort of the next one, so it's very hard to get my hands on one. Um, so it will be hard to choose, but there's probably, and there's a bag that we have called the Ebri, which is probably one of our oldest uh, designs and probably most successful designs, which is, it's sort of a forever bag. I'm talking to a boy, so I hope this is resonating. <laughs> you asked the question. Um, and um, it has sort of two zip pockets, so you can hide things, but it also has a big middle section, and you can kind of wear it something really smart, or you can wear it actually with a pair of jeans and take it to the gym, but it's just a really great bag. So that probably is right up there as one of my special ones. Thank you, thank you. Do we have any more questions? Our lady just here at the back. Thank you. 
Hi, uh, congratulations for your uh, New York store. Thank you. Um, I just wonder, um, you're very busy and your business very successful. So what are the top three things that you think that make your business very successful? Top three things, gosh. Um, I think that um, the things I always think about are that actually hard work, honestly. And I think people um, they often see the sort of X-factor world these days and think that things are instant and they're not. It's often actually about hard work and throwing a huge amount of energy at things um, because that tends to make you a lot luckier, that's for sure. Um, I think it's about being passionate about what you do. I mean, I think you have to be quite determined. And um, my father once said to me, never give up, because if you don't give up, then by definition, you keep going and you kind of keep working towards what you're doing. So that's really important. Um, something that um, someone once said to me is that um, if you... Well, there's actually a couple of lovely things. One is that there's a lovely quote, which I need to paint above my, my door in the office, and I haven't done yet, but that as you leave your office at night, fire yourself mentally and come back the next day as your successor, which is quite a nice quote to think about, because so often you get so bogged down in what you're doing, it's quite good just to really sort of stay very focused on what, on what you're doing. Um, but mainly, it's, it's just about passion and creativity, and believing that you're going to get there, I think, is really important as well. Um, People talk a lot about that sort of creative visualization of actually seeing how you want it to be. And often if you are very positive in that way, it tends to be more effective. Thank you. I'm just going to read a little quote now um, from your other friend, Natalie Massenet, the founder of Netaporty.com, who's one of your biggest fans. Anya is a great designer with fantastic flair and creative vision. She's a great businesswoman and her brand is known globally, which is a tremendous achievement for a designer who doesn't have a huge corporate machine behind her. I'm just going to end on asking you, what's your vision, Anya Heimarch, the brand, and Anya Heimarch, the woman, for the next five years? Where do you, where do you see things going? That's a big question. It's a big uh, question. <laughs> well, I, um, I'm very excited at the moment, actually. We've got um, a really great team in place. Uh, I actually demoted myself two years ago and hired a very, very, very clever man who's sitting over there um, who um, worked in, in, is from that corporate world and really knows the, the, the luxury business. This is your CEO, James MacArthur. James MacArthur, yes, yes. who um, has worked, um, worked in the Gucci Group, actually, for many years. Um, I'd also just like to add that your husband is also the financial director <laughs> of the company as well. So it really is a family company. <laughs> It's also also called James, just to make things really also confusing. Also called James. Um, but, um, so I went back to the creative role 100%. I was obviously completely on the creative role, but I was also running the business. And I decided I wanted to get back purely spending time on the creative. So my role now is a wonderful role of product and shows and advertising and stores and strategy. And um, for me, that's heaven. Um, so there's a big energy and we're hiring lots of really, really clever people and, um, and really redoing shop fits and new websites and putting in new systems and um, opening new stores and new territories uh, and doing bigger and, and wilder and more mad shows and projects. So there's, there's a very exciting energy right now. And uh, so I think there's going to be a lot that's happening over the next five years. So watch this space. OK, watch <laughs> this space. And one last question. Your, your products are very much about giving people memories and a chance to express their memories. What's one of the best memories that you've had over the last few years since you began in 1987? What, what have been some of the highlights? Oh, really hard. I mean, it's always the things with the team, really, for me. I mean, you know, we're such a sort of close-knit group and we work so hard. And it's those moments when, um, when you've all worked on something and um, it just, you know, the product just comes out and it just, you can look at it and go, yeah, that's really kind of exciting. So those moments are very special. Or it might be after, for example, you know, for last week, case in point, after the show. And, um, you know, you do the show and we've all worked literally and had two hours sleep every night and it's exhausting and, and really exhilarating and terrifying at times. And um, 
it goes really well and you do your bow and you come backstage and you kind of just go, yay, and the whole, you know, all your team are there. And that's, those are the moments you remember the most, um, I think. It's, um, it's great fun. I mean, it's really exciting and a bit of a drug in a way. And um, I would urge anyone who wants to start a business in fashion to go for it because it's really, really fun. Long may it continue. <laughs> it's fantastic to interview. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Anja Heinmarch. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.